Welcome, Bird Gang, and Happy New Year. On today's show, our last show of 2020, on this, the last day of 2020. And here's hoping Sunday is not the last game of the 2020 season. As we've been saying all week, the Cardinals control their playoff destiny, win, and their season continues into a second season, the postseason. So what needs to happen? Mike Jarecki has his three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X Factor. But first, MJ was at practice earlier, a first-hand account of how Kyler Murray looked. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 382, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Though I think Kyler ended any and all speculation yesterday with his comments, quote, yeah, I'll be playing, end quote, when asked about his availability this week. Still, it remains a storyline. Heck, ESPN NFL Live devoted almost 10 minutes on the topic during their show yesterday. MJ, you were at practice today. How did QB1 look? Well, first of all, it's a little chilly out there. And um, so Kyler Murray was wearing like a, a, a hoodie. He wore like black sleeves. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was wearing black sleeves. Uh, assume it's a hoodie under the uh, uniform. Um, but he looked fine. I mean, he's bouncing around, uh, you know, the open portion. We, we see them stretching and, you know, usually he's next to the lineman, which is smart. Um, he kind of has fun with them. Cliff will come over and talk to him before practice and then they break off. And, you know, he, he was doing his typical um, throwing sessions where, you know, there's different um, drills where you got to, you know, chop your feet, turn your leg or turn your hips and you got to throw real fast. And Cliff always says, ball, ball. Paul. And then when he was thrown in the net, very accurate. Um, when he's got to run through some of these bags, obviously when you're in the pocket, you got to step up and, and go left to right, shuffle a little bit. No limitations there. So I don't know if they dodged a bullet, but he's good to go. And if, I would have been concerned if he was limited on Wednesday, Thursday, and then, you know, limited on Friday, it's going to be a game time decision. I don't think we're even near there. So good to go. And I, Again, I think they all know what's at stake. Nobody's 100%. Larry's missed a couple practices with a growing injury. He's 37. Larry Fitzgerald will play on Sunday. Yeah, Fitz earlier today, quote, I wouldn't say I feel great, but every day it's getting a little better. And, yeah, he did bring up his age. And I'm trying to think, he doesn't typically bring up the number. I mean, we'll joke about how many years he's played, but I don't think I've ever heard him reference the name of the age of 37 before so and he came in the league I want to say at 20 years old well and you said it was it was cold at practice so maybe he was feeling it a little bit more today (laughs) (laughs) no he was getting treatment because normally he's out there Wednesday again veterans day for a lot of guys um you know and let's be honest I mean at this point in the year a lot of guys are not 100 so they're you got some aches and pains and you got to get through it but um the fact that he hasn't been out there, I just, you know, and clearly he's going to get treatment when he leaves the facility um, at home and stuff like that. So uh, good to go. Um, you know, we'll see about Max Williams. 
Um, we'll see about Jalen Thompson. Maybe get some guys back that can add some depth. The Cardinals do have four tight ends on the roster. I don't think they'll dress four. Um, but we know Max is the meat and potatoes guy, and it really opens things up for Dan Arnold. And Darrell Daniels is, is a guy that probably doesn't get talked about a lot about. I like his size. And so we'll see what happens. But uh, they are carrying four tight ends on the roster right now. Williams was spotted during media availability, which is good. He did not practice yesterday because of an ankle injury that kept him off the field last week. And the one thing that I know Ron Wolfley really touched on a lot earlier this season when Williams was out on just how much he helps in the run game. Now, this run game, as we've talked uh, a lot this week and specifically yesterday's show, has not been very efficient the past couple of weeks, and Williams has played. But if you want to be able to run the football against this Rams defense, it would certainly help exponentially to have Max Williams on the field. Yeah, let's just say this. I think the Cardinals' offensive line and running game has been very inconsistent the last two weeks. And I think it has a lot to do with only putting 12 points on the board. Um, The fact that they're only averaging 4.4 yards per play. uh, but, you know, the offensive line, that's where their strength was last year and this year. And so they're still, you know, close to the top, but that's more body of work. And we know how stout this Rams uh, front seven is in their defense, which I'll get into when it comes to the three keys and the X factor. But, yeah, I mean, it's – and we don't know the latest on Chase Edmonds. Probably not a good thing that he's not out there. Um, so then you're looking at, you know, Kenyon Drake and, you know um, – you, you brought it up uh, yesterday's 85 or 81 or 85 yards from 81 a, yards, 81 yards from a thousand. So, um, which is 65 yards a game. We know he doesn't get 25 touches. You know, I talk about his touchdown uh, ratio, um, but they're going to need him to get to that second layer. And it all starts up front. I, mean, I can't emphasize this enough. This game is going to come down to the trenches on both sides of the ball for both teams. Cardinals going into week 17, ranked number three in rushing yards per game, number seven in average yards per carry as far as 4.7. But it's what's happened, and I went back, looked at some of the numbers. The last six games, they have not hit that 4.5 yard per carry mark in any of the past six weeks. Now, the first nine games, they hit that mark seven times. So maybe it's gotten a little bit harder. You're seeing teams for the second time. December football is always tough. Yet at the same time, I think, you know, we're all talking about Kyler Murray and how he needs to be healthy in the passing game. And yes, but a, an effective and an efficient run game, you don't need to have 95 or 130 yards, but you certainly need to be able to run the football. And the Cardinals did not last week against the 49ers, a very depleted 49ers defensive line and front seven and this is the complete opposite coming up this week the Rams are healthy and not only are they healthy they're a top three run defense yeah I I couldn't agree more and you know when you start looking at it from that standpoint I mean they did a really good job containing that Seahawks offense last week Um, you know I think you know, I was the one that said, well, Chris Carson comes back and then he got Rashad Penny and we know Wilson can extend plays with his legs. Um, and, you know, the Seahawks have never had a great offensive line, but because of Russell Wilson, he covers up a lot of those blemishes, but they were able to contain them. And, you know, 
if Chase isn't able to go and we'll know more Friday or Sunday, uh, then you're really going to have to rely on Kenyon Drake and, you know, maybe they'll, they'll go with some more max protection, bring in Josh Jones, maybe go multiple tight ends because, you know, what you're looking for at that point to try to run the football is numbers. So if you got seven guys and they got, you know, four, four rushing, um, you're going to have to try to get numbers. So, um, but again, it, this is an opportunity for Kenyon Drake to carry the load and see what he can do. But at the same time, you know, they're going to try to take some shots down the field. Now it's not going to be easy. So uh, they got their work cut out. And again, there's a reason why they've won seven consecutive games under Sean McVay, but that absolutely means nothing going into this game. If you want to change that narrative and we talked about it in the off season going into the it's time to jump the Rams in the division. And maybe next year we'll talk about, you know, where the Niners are, but I thought it was imperative this year. Um, the Rams, if they had, you know, um, you know, a seventh playoff team, they would have made it in the NFC and the Steelers. Now, Craig, just looking at the uh, the, the seedings and the games coming up, and, and I was uh, listening to Robert Woods and Sean McVay on their conference calls. I believe you were on there. And they're in a good spot. I don't think the Bears are going to win. Nope. So the Rams, I, I thought they were really confident and loose like, um, we're going to try to win this game, but we still can get in the postseason if if the Packers beat the Bears. Now the game is in Chicago. That's a great rivalry. So I got a little bit more uh, just reading the tea leaves, maybe connecting the dots. They're a confident team. They're loose because they know they can lose and still make the playoffs. They don't have their starting quarterback. They're not going to have their leading rusher. They're not going to have their leading wide receiver. Sure, they want to win and get to 10 wins on the season, but to your point, they can back their way in, lose three consecutive games to close out the regular season and still get to the postseason if the Packers beat the Bears. And Green Bay needs this game because if they win, they lock up the number one seed, which means home field advantage throughout the postseason more importantly, a first-round bye. There's only one in each conference. So you've got three teams fighting for that number one spot. The Saints and Seahawks also alive as well. That's why it was important for the Packers to have something to play for with respects to the Cardinals. Now it's something to play for with respects to the Rams, and that is what happened over this past weekend. Yeah, and the reason why Chicago's going on this uh, winning streak is they're scoring over 30 points. Uh, I want to say going into the Jacksonville game, it, it, I think it's four or five in a row that they had lost one game. And the last time they did that was 1965 when they had Gale Sayers. So that's how long it's been. Um, you know, Chicago's known for their defense. Um, you know, Trubisky has played better um, as of late. Um so, and it's a rival. So when you talk about a rival in a division game, there's familiarity on both sides. Obviously, Matt LaFleur has done a really good job. He walked into coach a Hall of Fame quarterback, Devontae Adams. Man, he, no, I don't think people are talking about him as having one of the better seasons, but like Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, and they got that running game. So, but they have to play for something. And a first round buys, I mean, just to give a little bit of rest, um, you know they can hit that switch when it, when the game starts. So I anticipate the, the Packers to win, which would allow the Rams, win or lose, to get into the postseason. Yeah, that's why we were talking yesterday about, you know, if the Rams can just do the Cardinals a favor here and you'll have three <laughs> teams make the postseason from the NFC West. It's like bowl season. How many teams from the same conference can get a invite to a bowl game because that helps the entire 
conference. Now, it doesn't work that way in the National Football League, but it certainly makes for a good storyline. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. You brought it up, MJ. The Rams have won seven in a row over the Cardinals. They have never lost to an Arizona Cardinals team with Sean McVay as the head coach. He was hired in 2017. That all needs to change here this week. We know what's at stake. Cardinals win. Their season continues. The second season into the postseason, they lose, and it's going to be a very long, very long offseason. So we tasked you, as we do each and every week here during this season, Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X factor. The Cardinals are going to get their first win over the Rams since 2016. What is the first key? Must be able to run the football. And as you pointed out on one of your tweets, easier said than done. As you mentioned earlier, Cardinals are third, averaging 145.9. But that's not been the case, at least over the last couple of weeks. And you pointed out over maybe the last six weeks. And this is where this team has hanged their hat. You know, the, the sack total has gone down, okay? At one point, they were the number one offense in football based on total yards per game. That's gone down. So, and it's not going to be easy because, as you pointed out, Rams rush defense get only given up ready 3.8 yards per carry, only given up less than 100 yards per game. That would be 94.1, which is third in the NFL. And it all starts with Aaron Donald, and it starts with that front. And you can try to double team him um, with the new uh, defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. They're moving him around. I did watch that highlight where. He was lined up against D.J. Humphreys. He went inside, Humph took the outside, and he ended up getting a sack there. And we know how well their secondary is, is Desterius Williams. Um, Williams, and then you throw in Jalen Ramsey, uh, they can cover. But I just think you have to win at the line of scrimmage. This is going to be on the offensive line. And so, you know, again, uh, Kyler is going to have to run the ball a little bit. Um, but they're going to try to lean on Kenyon Drake. And I do think they'll go mass protection to try to win up front and get to that second layer. So that is, you must be able to run the football. Uh, but again, as you said, and you pointed out correctly, easier said than done. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Mason Cole, Justin Murray, Kelvin Beecham, those five. And if you want to throw in, if we see a J.R. Sweezy, maybe we even see Lamont Gilliard, although Kingsbury was quick to shoot that down as far as perhaps maybe taking some more snaps away from Mason Cole, who has been flagged four times in the past two weeks with false start penalties. But those five guys, six if you count Sweezy, they need to get this Rams defensive line back on their heels. It can be done because we have seen it, but as you said, it's, it's unlikely, but you have to be able to keep that defense honest. Because if they can stop the run with just five or six in the box, as the 49ers did, then all of a sudden Jalen Ramsey's got extra help in the secondary. Darius Williams has extra help in the secondary. And it makes it much more difficult for Kyler Murray to find open passing lanes to throw and obviously harder for receivers to get open, especially in zone coverage, because I think that has been the one area that Murray has struggled with versus man coverage as far as trying to figure out where different defenders are going to be and trying to get the ball to his playmakers. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we'll go on to number two here, okay? Got it. Number two, 
Number two, try to contain John Wolford. Keep him in the pocket. Again, easier said than done. Uh, NFL Films went back to a preseason game, and uh, actually it was a scrimmage. It was a Rams scrimmage against each other. And McVay made a comment that he looks like Doug Flutie out there. He's a little bit taller, but I'm concerned about the bootlegs, the waggle plays, and him throwing on the run. They have a really good wide receiver in Robert Woods. Um, he, he lines up, you know, I'm curious to see where he lines up because they move him around. And uh, I do think just based on the short uh, film I've watched and, you know, reading different stories, I do think he's a little bit more athletic than Jared Goff. I think he's, Jared Goff's a little bit slimmer frame. Um, you know, there were a point this year before the Cardinals played the Rams, Goff had, you know, six or eight turnovers and coach called him out and they asked him, well, did you consider benching him? And he said, no. And then he got hot in our game and then he, he got cold again. And now he's out with a bro, uh, fractured thumb. They're hoping based on their seating that he'll be able to play at some point. But is, I'm not talking about the, the big plays here. I'm talking about try to keep him in the pocket and, you know, I don't know if what Vance is going to put a spy on him. He, I, it's not like he's got four three speed. I'm just saying he can make plays with his legs and he can throw on the run. And I do think we're going to see a lot of their tight ends. You know, you, you look at Jarrett Everett and then, you know, Tyler Higby last year in the month of December, he had the he had like five or six touchdowns. And I knew going into the offseason, even though they got the best slot corner in football, Cooper Cup, and he's not playing. So I do think they're going to go with two tight end sets to try to open things up there. And then we'll just have to wait and see what they get from their run game. He wouldn't rule out Cam Akers. He said, you know, everything I know about that guy, he said, I wouldn't rule him out. But, you know, he, he is on the injury report. Um, he toughed it out against the Jets. And I think Sean's basing it on that. Uh, Henderson's out. So, uh, again, try to Container. I'm not talking about chunk plays. I'm just keep him in the pocket and try to get pressure from your inside and outside and try to get a couple turnovers. That's the key. You got to win the turnover battle in this game if you're going to beat the Rams. Well, the Cardinals defense has only one turnover in the past two weeks. So if you can make Wolford throw the football and maybe turn it over that way. It was interesting to hear Patrick Peterson with respects to Walford because, as he said, you know, no one has seen any tape of him yet, quote, the only nugget we have on him is he's mobile, end quote. So that is something that certainly has been hammered into that Cardinals defense, that it's not unlike a Jalen Hurts, a Tua Tungabailoa, a Russell Wilson. Keep those edges clear. Don't let him break contain because then all of a sudden you think you've got good coverage on third and six, and then he scrambles for a first down. And that's just deflating for not only the defense, but the entire football team. You have to be able to make it third and long, force him to throw the football, but from the pocket. And if he does beat you from the pocket, well, then we've got other issues going into the off season, but I certainly like the Cardinals chances if he is forced to throw the football and he's dropping back 35, 40 times here on Sunday. Yeah. And you wonder, I think it's human nature to have butterflies making your first NFL start, but he's been, he dreamt of this according to Bill Plasky from Los Angeles times since he was five years old. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, he, he I, I don't think they're going to change their offense. I really don't. I think he can do as, as much as Jared Goff. Um, you know, obviously, Goff was the starter. He was the first pick in the draft. He got a lot of money. 
Um, but I, I don't think they're going to change their office to say well, he, we're going to play to his strengths. So, but when you when you look at it though, um, the fact that he um, I think the last time, according to Plasky and the LA Times, Craig, the last quarterback um, to play in Week 17 to try to get a playoff berth was Kyle Orton with the Dallas Cowboys. I want to say in 2013. So he's this is the second time in NFL history that a guy that's never taken a snap is going to be in there. And if the Cardinals want to go back to bootlegs and, and all this other stuff, there's enough tape out there against them. Go back to the last game, C.J. Beathard. And, again, I want to see Kyler roll out of the pocket and, and try to get some of those, you know, um, you know, with a tight end or a wide receiver dragging to the sidelines where you got more time. I want to see Kyler obviously throw on the run, step up in the pocket. But, yeah, I definitely think you're going to have to keep him in the pocket and I think that good things will happen for the Cardinals defense. The one note on Walford, the last significant playing time he has received is, as we've mentioned, the Arizona Hotshots of the Alliance of American Football. He led the league. It was a shortened league as far as number of games played, but he had 14 touchdowns in that league. But he did have a number of interceptions as well. So he is, and the speed of the AAF versus the speed of the NFL that is going to be interesting to watch, especially if the Cardinals are able to get to him early, even on that first drive, maybe even the first drop back, and then that welcome to the NFL moment because he has not had that yet. Sure, he's played in the preseason, but we know there is a significant upgrade from preseason football to regular season football and even more to December football, and you can argue playoff football because this is a playoff game for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and, and the video they're showing on NFL Films, it was, a, it was a scrimmage. And so the quarterback's not getting hit. You're not allowed to get close to the quarterback. So I, I, that's a great point on your part. Again, keep him in the pocket. Don't let him extend plays um, because the, the play action there, again, I think he's more athletic than Goff. So um, obviously that's the book out now. Phil Savage was the GM at the time. Rick Neuheisel was the head coach, and, and they took Trevor Knight first. But somebody told me a story recently that when they were watching the, the practice on the first day, Savage told this person, John's going to win the job, even though we took Trevor Knight before him. And Trevor Knight had you know a little stint in the NFL, uh, obviously more practice squad running the scout team. But from day one, Phil Savage thought John Wolford will be the starting quarterback in that was turned out to be the case. Certainly an interesting, uh, not an interesting, it's a, it's a wonderful story. You just hope from the Cardinals perspective that it doesn't have a Hollywood type ending here come Sunday, because this is something that you would see on the big screen. Someone who has a LinkedIn page, as I was reading the stories coming out of Los Angeles, he was out of football for a little while before the Alliance of American football put it in a call and said, Hey, would you like to try out? Okay, sure. I mean, he went undrafted and then all of a sudden was out of the game for a little while. Now he's pulled back in and facing the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. It's a tremendous journey, a tremendous story. I would certainly root for the kid against any other team, but this week. I'm with you. And again, Sean McVay started in London and that's when Carson Palmer got hurt. Um, they're seven and zero, but that doesn't mean anything. You win this game; it's the biggest win in Kyler Murray's 
uh, career, Cliff Kingsbury, and the fact that the Cardinals can say, you know what, we went toe-to-toe with them, and we were able to get in a postseason. So you can't control the pass, give them credit, but it means nothing come 225 on Sunday. And it would get a huge monkey off the back, and we will no longer have to talk about Sean McVay's dominance over the Arizona Cardinals. And that covers three different head coaches, so it's not like you can pinpoint, hey, there is this particular thing that the Rams do well that the Cardinals just don't have an answer for. Three different head coaches, three different defensive coordinators, different quarterbacks, different personnel, so there's nothing you can put your finger on. But if you win on Sunday, then everything that happened earlier in the season, the roller coaster and everything, all gone because you're in the postseason. There's no doubt about it. I feel the same way. All right, number three, they're going to have to feed DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Craig, when he averaged less than 10 yards a catch, the Cardinals are one and three. Now we can get into targets and touches. You you documented it yesterday where in the previous game, he had X amount of uh, catches, but not a lot of yards. So when he averaged over 10 yards or less than 10 yards, the team is – one and three. So he's got to be a focal point. And I know Jalen Ramsey and Williams um, on the other side, they, they're, you know, they do a nice job and obviously they, they um, get pressure from their front seven or front four without blitzing. So I just think Hopkins is going to have to, you know, he's going to have to, you know, I'm talking 12 to 14 targets and hopefully seven to nine catches for over a hundred yards, because to me, that's the matchup they're going to have to use. And then you got to hope other guys, get involved. I think Larry can, should be targeted more. Christian Kirk, get off, you know, he's got to get off press coverage. If Keyshawn Johnson's going to be out there and then Dan Arnold uh, more in the, in the passing game. And uh, we'll see about Darrell Daniels, but yeah, I just think Hopkins, there's a reason why he's the highest paid wide receiver in football. And uh, this is a game where you need your, your star players to really play well and be a difference maker. Back in week 13, Hopkins was targeted 13 times, but only twice in the first half. A lot of those targets, 11 of them, happened in the second half. But he finished with eight catches for only 52 yards. To your point, that number needs to be higher because a 6.5-yard-per-catch average is just not going to get it done. And in the matchup that we're all excited about, Hopkins versus Ramsey, Next Gen Stats had Ramsey on Hopkins eight times. On those eight targets, only three catches. So if you move Hopkins around a little bit, maybe you can get him off that matchup against Ramsey. Of course, Hopkins, they all feel like they are the best at their respective positions. They love those one-on-one matchups. You acquired Hopkins for a reason. You paid him for a reason. And this is the reason right here. Come out, have a 100-yard receiving game, a couple of touchdowns, and it will all be worth it. Yeah, I remember that game now because he was only targeted twice in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. And you're like, again, I'll get Larry involved early. Uh, doesn't have to be overload, but I, I'm definitely getting Hopkins early because then all of a sudden they got to guard the entire field. You, I mean, Ramsey's going to play one-on-one. Um, if they move him around, then all of a sudden you're going to have safety help. I think they're going to try to take away the deep ball because they get pressure from that front four and front seven. So, um but I, I, you got to get these guys involved early, and that's where they get into rhythm. And Larry, Larry kind of pointed out that when it comes to their up-tempo offense, it could be a problem for other teams. We watched that in week one against the Lions in, in uh, last year, and I think carries over. 
but you can't play from behind against the Rams. Uh, you you, you got to play toe-to-toe and, you know, special teams, defense. Um, but the Cardinals, if, if they're going to win this game, Craig, I think they got to force a turnover or two just to, to slow them down because Sean McVay is not going to change his play calling. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to attack your weaknesses, and that's where the Cardinals' defense has to step up. All right, so Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory on Sunday. Run the football, keep John Wolford in the pocket, feed DeAndre Hopkins. I like all three. Before your X Factor, MJ, we've got some news concerning the Los Angeles Rams. Another starter has been ruled out for Sunday. Michael Brockers placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Their defensive end lines up next to Aaron Donald. Now, all of a sudden, the defense has been hit by the reserve COVID-19 list. So let's go through it. No Jared Goff, no Cooper Cup, no Daryl Henderson, and now no Michael Brockers. Five sacks from a defense that has 49 total this year, second most in the league, but just the position and what he's able to do, that is a big loss for that Rams team overall and specifically for their defense. There's no doubt. And when you look, think of the Rams defense, the first guy you think is Darnold and then probably one A is Jalen Ramsey. And then you got to think, uh, you know, a guy like Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd has come in there and done a nice job, very high pick with the bears. But yeah, I mean, that's part of their front four. That's when we talk about, they get pressure without blitzing. So that now, and all of a sudden they're going to have to go with the backup. And it was interesting during Sean McVay's press conference yesterday, you know, he was kind of toying around that the word would come out. I didn't know if there was a player or a coach, but here it is. And, um, you know, I thought the Rams, for the most part this year, did a really good job when it came to COVID. I think, if memory serves, they were one of the few teams, maybe even the last team to yep. have a player land on that reserve COVID-19 list going back to training camp. And it was one of those things that beat writers all of a sudden started tracking Cardinals had not been hit, and then all of a sudden, Keyshawn Johnson showed up right before the start of the regular season, and then it became a trickle-down, and then other teams followed suit. But I think the NFC West as a whole, the Seahawks also, I think, were mm-hmm. also in that mix as far as not yep. hit too hard. So, one, a credit to those franchises, but I'll go back to something that Cliff Kingsbury said from the start. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter when. of when. And then when that happens, how do you contain it so it doesn't spread? Some teams have done a better job than others. The Cleveland Browns right now going through it. How many players will they have available for a huge game this weekend against the Steelers? Cleveland needs to win. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play for the Steelers. They're secure in their playoff seedings. Some other starters are going to rest as well. But how you manage, it's like – You have to be lucky sometimes when it comes to injuries. Who's the healthiest? Now it's who can stay healthy with respect to COVID-19. Yeah, and and the league's not going to put teams in the bubble for the uh, for the playoffs. So I know it's you know back east seems like it's more prevalent because of the weather, uh, the flu season, and and we had to get a flu shot. I'm sure every single player in the NFL got a flu shot, but maybe it's a West Coast thing, Greg. (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, whatever works, and we certainly will take it. Knock on wood, fingers crossed, that the uh, Arizona Cardinals stay healthy as well headed into this contest. And then, of course, hopefully, knock on wood, into the postseason coming up in mid-January. 
All right. Before I get into my X factor, I read a quote from John Wolfer, and he said one of the things he learned early playing the quarterback position, you can't make mistakes. You can't turn the ball over in the red zone. You can't, you know, force the ball. You got to take what the defense gives you, and we'll see if he, if, if those traits or those things come to fruition. But, but when it comes to Kyler Murray, we've seen him over and over make mistakes. This can't happen this week. I'm not saying you're going to play a perfect game, air-free, turnover-free, but Kyler Murray, you know, he's coming off a game where he didn't have a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown. Of course, they only had 12 points, but Kyler's got to protect that ball. So when I get to that, I just want to bring that up. And my X factor is cut down the mistakes, cut down the turnovers, and play complimentary football, and I believe the Cardinals can win. But, again, hopefully making his first start. But our side, we watched Kyler Murray, you know, play really well at a high level, passing and rushing. Take care of the football. Don't hold it like a loaf of bread. It's very important against a team like this. They're not going to give you extra possessions. Well, and especially inside the red zone, Murray has two turnovers inside the 20-yard line over the past couple of games. The Cardinals have turned it over as a team three times in the red zone over the past three games. And not only are you losing an opportunity for six or seven points, but now an opportunity at three. And as we've discussed here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I think, and I think you're in agreement, MJ, points could be at a premium here, especially for the Cardinals going up against this Rams defense. And I don't think either one of us expect the Rams offense to score a lot of points, considering what kind of personnel they have at their disposal coming up here in week 17. Yeah, just to give you an idea, points scored, Cardinals are 10th, averaging about 27 points, which has gone down. The Rams are averaging 24, which is 19th overall. Now, points allowed. Rams, third in the league, 19.3. Cardinals tied for 14th, giving up about 24 points a game. So clearly, um, points are going to be – they're going to come at a – you know, it's not going to be easy. But go on some nice drives, get that running game going, open it up. But, again, it's it's easy to sit here and say no turnovers, but we Kyler's got to protect that football. Okay, and so does Hopkins when he's in the open field because you can't put the ball on the carpet and give the opponent, you know, first and 10 from your 25-yard line. Cardinals and Rams, 225 is the kickoff on Sunday. Arizona Cardinals pregame coverage begins at 9.30 a.m. They pass Ron Wolfley, Paul Calvisi on the call. CBS has the television with Jim Nance and Tony Romo and Tracy Wolfson, the number one crew. We'll be handling this game on television. So that certainly tells you the importance of this contest here in week 17. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Cardinals don't have a ton of games on CBS. The NFL a couple of years ago started cross-flexing. And the fact that we're getting their number one crew, I think is going to be a fascinating listen because of Tony Romo, um, where he hasn't called the Cardinals game. I'm sure he's doing his homework this week. But what does he think of this offense? You know, what does he think of Kyler Murray? Because, you know, Romo's definitely a former quarterback, but it seems like he can see the, the field a little bit different than other people uh, because he's played the position. So I'm, I'm curious. I won't be able to listen, you know, every single second, but I'll listen after. But I think it's going to be an entertaining listen. And, of course, Jim Nance, 
one of the best in the business when it comes to doing play-by-play. Well, that's what we invite all Cardinal fans to do is you can have the television on, turn the sound down, listen to Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, and Paul Calvisi. Then when the broadcast is over with, you can go back because you'll have recorded the game on television, and then you can listen to Nance and Romo and crew. And that's what I do because I know Wolf knows ball, Dave Pash knows, knows football, and I learn – I'm usually a booth over listening to these guys, and that's what I do. Because, again, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf can point out the personnel. He can tell you they're playing a cover two. And then it, it allows me to watch to see what happens if they run that same play again. So that's exactly what I do. I listen to Passion Wolf. And because uh, they've covered the team. They talk to people in the organization. And they have a lot of knowledge. And I, and I think they give the fans a great treat when it comes to game day. Speaking of Wolf, he and Paul Calvisi on the Big Red Rage this week had defensive lineman D'Amato Petko on the show. Great interview. Love hearing from Petko. But, of course, if you missed it, you can always subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcasts in those shows, the Big Red Rage, Cardinals Underground, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, come right to you via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. You know, ever since Peckle's been here, he's got a really good personality. He, he's very energized. He's not as, he's not up there with Marcus Golden, but he comes out to practice. He says hi to us. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if he had a, a practice uh, fo- uh, photo, so he asked Catherine Fitzgerald to take a photo for him, and eventually you get to him. And the Cardinals have photographers out there. But he's very colorful. He's engaging. Um, but I'll tell you this, Craig. He's got to play a lot better than he did last week. Well, he was asked about that on the show this week, that he's so affable, likable off the field. But when you get between the lines, something clicks. And he's had some very good games for the Cardinals. But that defensive line, to your point, as a whole, he's the veteran in terms of experience, not the veteran in terms of tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. But him, Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence, Lecky Fotu, those young players, certainly need to step up their game. Petko's been in these types of scenarios. He knows what's at stake. And I think if you're those three young players, yeah, Petko's a perfect player to lean on and ask for advice. But you also have to stay disciplined. Don't try to do too much because the 49ers gashed the Cardinals last week running the football. And it wasn't just by broken tackles. Those rushing lanes were huge. MJ, I think you and I could have gained maybe 10 or 15 yards on Saturday against the Cardinals. I mean, seriously, look back. Look at the the coaches' film, the All-22. It was unbelievable how much room Jeff Wilson had to run between the tackles. Well, just based on the Wilson run and how much they ran as a team, again, the Cardinals are getting pushed back, and that's where you say it's time for the Cardinals' offensive line to push back um, the Rams' front seven have them on their heels versus their toes. You have them on their heels, they're going backwards. You have them on their toes, they're coming at you. Listen, I think it's a, it was a good addition. You don't really find those guys at, at the age of 37 that still can play. I thought he brings energy and passion. But last week, as a whole, not just picking on him, they got pushed back. And to me, he's got the body to where he can occupy a double team and let those linebackers shoot the gaps and make tackles for losses. 
a football Friday version of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. It is our last show of the year on this, the last day of the year, also our last show of the week. So before we sign off here, your overall feelings, how you feel right now going into Sunday's contest, certainly our feelings Saturday night to Sunday morning to Sunday night, there was a roller coaster. But now, having been at practice, having read and then listened to everyone, all the players and coaches have said all the right things on the Cardinals side and the Rams side as well. But how do you feel personally going into this contest? Well, I think uh, everyone said at the beginning of the year, and again, when it comes to COVID, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. They said the teams that can survive it throughout the season and more importantly in the postseason – and based on what the Rams uh, losing Jared Goff to a dislocated uh, uh, thumb, losing their running back who got hit by Jamal Adams trying to get into the end zone, the latest in Cooper Cup and Michael Brockers, this is the time the Cardinals need to beat the, the Rams. Uh, I, I think it's because they don't have their firepower. And all, all seven wins, Jared Goff was in there. Uh, Cooper Cup was in there. Let's be honest, Byron Murphy's had a hard time. A lot of people have a hard time covering Cooper Cup. Robert Woods is going to get his. So because of the COVID and the injuries, I like the Cardinals' chances. And and for the Cardinals, uh, they have to look at who if he's a backup quarterback, backups um, running back, third-string wide receiver, that shouldn't matter. They get paid. They're NFL players. So go out there and, and make your, your, your mark, meaning – this is the time to beat the Rams. It's, it's again, a lot of it's being lucky and healthy, and we don't want any injuries. It would be a better game if Goff was in there, you think, on paper. But we've seen Goff against the Cardinals. I just think at this point in time, this is a game the Cardinals should and will win on Sunday. Everything is set up perfectly for the Cardinals to do something that they have not done since 2016. And, of course, we know what's on the line. You win, you're in. You lose, you go home. It's as simple as that. One game to define the 2020 Arizona Cardinals season. It's a lot of pressure, but hey, you know what? Those players, those coaches, they're getting paid a lot of money to handle that pressure that's going to come this Sunday. Yeah, you know, last year we were hoping to see improvement and progress, you know, considering they brought in a new coach, a new staff. This year we wanted to see, you know, also be competitive. But now you're 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 in position to win, and you're in. You lose, you go home. So this is the time. I mean, it's been an ebb and flow of the whole year. They played well at times. They uh, lost some games at the end where they couldn't finish and missed a field goal, or defense couldn't make a stop, or Kyler Murray threw a interception in the end zone. Um, but this is this is the time. I mean, I. I I think they feel like if they can just get in the dance, and it's a big if because you got to win, uh, and it's going to be a difficult task. We'll worry about that, all that. You only can ask for an opportunity when you get to the postseason. And But I, I, I do think they know what's at stake, and they're not going to let this slip away. And if they do, you're right. It's going to be a lot of question marks going into the offseason. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Happy New Year to the Bird Gang. We will be speaking with you post-game on Sunday. And then, of course, next week, next year, 
in 2021 and hopefully talking about a postseason game we can preview next week when we rejoin you here on Cardinals Cover 2. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.